What's up, Frot fans? It's Vince Mancini, and you're listening to the Film Drunk Frotcast, coming at you not live from the Frot Quarters in San Francisco. Good news for you guys this week. We all saw the same movie, me, Brett, and Brendan. Bad news, it was Suicide Squad. Oh. Uh, first, sitting across from me, the grumpiest man in podcasting, Mr. Brett. Hi. 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 And, and Brendan, future NFL Hall of Famer. The only woman I've ever loved is trapped inside a witch. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch, man? Uh, we're going to talk to Justin Halpern in a little bit. Suicide Squad. We might do a little Olympics. And I think that's pretty much it for the space docket. We've got all your... I, I feel like I've hashtag introduced the hashtag content. we got to theme it now. This is, is what? Is a squad base? The squad! Sui- suicide. Squad! 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 Thank you. And then yeah. we cruise away on our mm-hmm. uh, segues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Flocka. <laughs> our quads. <laughs> <laughs> Go over the jumps. Brendan, did you want to tell your, your movie story before, before we do Suicide Squad? Yeah, I have a movie-related story. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. First, oh, oh, I'd love to, guys. So let me let me warm up. Let me work on some warm material. So sounds, from time to time, cool. uh, because of my command of dank memes, I have to work <laughs> the old uh, work Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you got a separate um, one for work. It's not like registered in my name. It's just like I have he access to it. The so station if at the a work, customer yeah. goes like, hey, I'm having a problem, I could respond and find. You know. Like someone at your work saw how dank your memes were and they're yes. like, you mm-hmm. should run our Twitter account. Exactly. Do you have do you have like one meme per key laid out? Like it's a soundboard where mm-hmm. it's like that boy, mm-hmm. that boy. Oh, shit. What up? <laughs> do you have to say stuff like when it's like Martin Luther King Day or you're like. It was a tragedy when Martin Luther King was shot mm-hmm. in Memphis. But you know it's not a tragedy? Our deals. Yeah. Use the promo code MLK <laughs> and get 76% off. Yeah. Stuff like that? No. Uh, no, it's uh, it's not a hashtag content Twitter feed. It's it's mainly a uh, you know, a customer yeah, you know, cust- oh, customer facing. Old Todd yeah. Maffin to be proud of that. Be- yeah. You face your B towards the C's. Mm-hmm. Point them at him. No, it's not. Line them up. It's not even that. Knock them down. It's Hey guys, we have a problem, and I say, "What's the problem?" <laughs> get those bees uh, okay. out of your sea. Uh, Fly them back get, to the hive. You just wave your sea at the bees. <laughs> some, uh, some guy, get out of here. Yeah, get out of the smoke coming out your sea. And then some guy, to sleep. some guy tweeted at us, and his B to B to Z's. His Twitter bio was, "If you want to be sore seven days a week, then don't fuck with me." Oh, <laughs> and then his location was the weight room. Oh, oh damn! It was tight. What was his problem? Uh, <laughs> Did he have a problem was, with his seat? He just, <laughs> he's like, he's like <laughs> sore, sore seat. <laughs> he was just looking for a seat. He's very sore. He blasted his seat. Sailing the seven seas, sailing the seven seas, the, seven seas, mm-hmm. the soreness. Too sore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Letters. <laughs> I'm gonna have to workshop. I got to get better material. I'm gonna have to workshop that. Uh, so I was walking to lunch with some colleagues mm-hmm. and we're in kind of, we're in the gritty part. We're in the gritty reboot of you're, Startupville. You're with some C's from your B. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we're in the part of, of Startupville myself. that hasn't been uh, completely like paved over and pushed out like the homeless mm-hmm. and drug D, drug user population. Uh-huh. So we're in that part. Yeah. The uh, gentrified. They haven't right, done uh, right. the uh, Scorpio Simpsons thing where all the homeless people turn to mailboxes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were walking and we're, there was a, there's a group of us and there's a conversation happening and you know how when there's trees lining the street there's dirt there's like a dirt patch that surrounds the tree yep yep there was a a, a planter if you will or yeah, but, the, but not i, I would not say a planter's a planter. got sides right, right. But it's a hole just, in yeah. the sidewalk mm-hmm. and he this guy's down on his knees and he's sifting through the dirt 
uh, like raking it mm-hmm. with ben. an Afro pick. Okay. okay. And, and so we're talking and the guy who was talking to me is like telling a story and then he just kind of trails off as we all take it in and then it's just silent for one beat and then i went we ain't found shit <laughs> and i was, was gonna awesome. say that sounds a lot like space balls yeah but it was it was a beautiful thing because i never thought that i would be able to like use that reference <laughs> to something because mm-hmm. how often do you come across someone combing dirt with an afro pin? yeah Very it was like i waited my whole life to use that space balls reference but did it feel good or did, or was it like when you have when you have uh, sex with someone that you don't necessarily like and you feel like it should be a conquest, but then you kind of feel empty inside? No, it was like good sex. Oh, okay. You're like, oh, that was, I'm glad, I'm glad I came there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the good skeet. That's cool. What kind of treasure do you think you find you go coming around? Uh, serious answer? I mean, No. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what it was, but yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna say it was it drugs? It's crystals. Well, yeah, people <laughs> chuck. Yeah, yeah. People, see, uh-huh. they look for the crystals mm-hmm. too. Yep. yep. Yeah. All right, Suicide Squad. Oh, so soon? Yeah. I mean, why not? We got to. We got a half hour before Justin Halper gets on the horn, and I feel like that's just enough for Suicide Squad. Yeah. Do I want to hear your notebook thoughts? Because I, I can I can play you the infuriating clip from the slash Ooh, film. No, cl- no, let's cast. start. Let's start positive. I don't think okay. I'm going to make it through that All one. Right. I'm going to shut down. Okay, I'm intrigued. No, go. I'm I have intrigued. no idea what you're talking I, about. I am too, but I knowing me, I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a little emotional wall so that I can preserve what's left of my humanity when you start talking like nerd shit. So I gave I gave Suicide Squad a very mild, one might even say ironic positive uh-huh. because. For all its faults, I was not bored during it, and yeah. I was very powerfully bored during both Civil War and uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I like that this was stupid with without much subtext, and it didn't it didn't feel the need to guide me through the levels. And for me, that was a refreshing thing because, like, when I go to a, a, a superhero movie, I'm not like I'm not the turn off your brain guy, but I'm very tired of filmmakers being hey do you see it what seems, i'm doing well, here it seems like it's swung way too far the other right. direction where exactly it's like, this is a very serious movie about a guy in tights mm-hmm. like this seemed like it was a bonehead version of batman returns a little bit where it was about playing goth dress up and i think there's room for that uh but uh being too much inside the machine i can see if i had just come to this cold without having the yeah. context of other boring superhero movies i would have been like wow what the fuck was that i i i really like the movie you pitched in your review and i don't think i, I, <laughs> I think we I watched think, a different movie yeah i don't think that was it <laughs> okay, i thought okay. it was gonna be like a jonah hex where it was laughably bad yeah, but no. this was like this was I watched Jonah Hex again in a second. Oh, in heartbeat. Yeah, fucking, it was not I'm amped. I want to do it right now. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it was not Jonah Hex. That's for sure. No, uh, it did make me feel like real dirty. Yeah, real dirty, <laughs> real bad. I came out and I'm like, ooh, that was dark and not in the way they thought it was dark. <laughs> well, you got a full notebook. Do what do you? Mean just re- I don't know. I mean, it's all really good. I forgot. Yeah. I I was so mad. I filled a notebook. I don't know. Your disconnected thoughts scare me a little bit. I know. I don't know if it's better with context or without. Uh, I'm just going to go for it. I have a, a film without the courage to be awful. Uh, if you wanted a PowerPoint presentation, fine, own it. I can watch a PowerPoint presentation. Like, yeah, I like when they were introducing part. the characters. Yeah. Like, just I, I make like that, that the whole too. movie. Yeah. Like, this guy, this guy has got a, a, a rabbit in a hat, and the rabbit is actually a vampire, uh, 100 <laughs> years old. And just go for it. Just keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, 
I put that it's copying decisions without understanding. What if they did it for like every single character? That's what I want. But the whole movie is just like it's like a Wikipedia page that just keeps refreshing. Yeah, yeah, characters. There's like a guy in the background. It's like zoom, mm-hmm. just shit his pants. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I mean, I appreciate they had a full hour of that. It was yeah. a full hour of a PowerPoint. But I don't, I don't want the other stuff. Man. Yeah, fuck yeah. the portal. I don't Agre- agreed. But I don't know. I respected. Uh, the, oh, could, here, here's the. So it's doing. Do I, do, should I let you finish your thoughts before I jump in? Because I, I have something very important. Not not very important, but like for sorry do let you me, want to finish let me i'll i'll, I'll break after this one the it's copying decisions from other superhero movies without even remembering why those decisions were made. Yes. So like, <laughs> absolutely so like i have it, it is an, especially it is, the portal yeah, yeah. Well, so the portal uh I have it is an animal made entirely of vestigial limbs. So it's like, you know, the snakes have those dumb little feet at the end because yeah, they yeah, couldn't yeah. quite get rid of them. That's Suicide Squad. It's just dumb little feet and yeah. like uh, dolphin Jared claws. Jared Leto has yeah. no fucking idea why he's doing but, the things that he's doing. Oh like, my the, God. The monster, like, so the reason that people, all of these movies have monsters like fodder monsters like the bad guys are like oh they're robots or they're aliens or they're yeah so you can murder them and not feel bad and keep it pg-13 so they did that with all the stupid like creepy ash monsters but then they murdered like 30 civilians for no reason at all and it's like why why even do that why not just have like skip the moralizing and just get to the murdering oh no bitch went nuts yeah the, the only part I actually liked is where the, whatever her name, the head of the agency. The, Viola Davis. Yeah, where she just murders all those fucking FBI people <laughs> yeah, for no reason. Great. And then you're supposed to like empathize with her for some They're yeah. just like, no, it's cool. She's, She's like, hardcore. It's like, I had to make a decision. Yeah, it's like, they all had families. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't think we were supposed to empathize with her. I think, yeah, because the what's-his-face uh, flag was I, like, I don't know, man. I've had to do some fucked up shit, too. It's just like, mm. I, do you, do I don't know about empathize, but it's definitely written off as like, because he's focused on getting the mission done. Yeah. He's like, really? that's gangster. Okay. It's like, yeah. no, she yeah. just fucking killed those yeah. people in cold blood. They were helping her survive. I thought he was just trying to cope. No, it's fucked up. Okay. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, well, I'm I glad, didn't interpret it that I'm way, glad but. you said that because I guess like, uh, I, I have a lot of opinions, but for me, it's, it all kind of begins and ends with, they had to close a fucking portal. <laughs> they had to close a fucking portal. I can't get past it. I don't care what happened to the rest of the movie. Why did you have to close a fucking portal? That's so weird. You close a portal in every movie. Why did you have to close a portal? It made me so mad. Why? Why? That's the part of the fucking movie where... Okay. So when I was in college, we punched a big ass fucking hole in the wall, <laughs> and I gave I gave the super uh, what do you call? It was like an apartment, uh, yeah, yeah, like a superintendent. Yeah, yeah. I gave him a twelve pack of Bud Light, and he fixed it. And he's like, "Hey man, I fixed it for you." And I was like, "Thank you, man, awesome." And I go up in my apartment, and th- it's fucked up. There's a, you see the tape outline, and it's like a slightly different color. It's like an ecru instead of a white, you know. And you can just see. <laughs> the fucking hole might as well just still be there and it's like you could see that in the movie where the executive was like oh, where's the portal they've, they've got to close the portal in the third act all I could think about was Kevin Smith being like and so then I go and see Wild Wild West and sure and there's a spider in the third act that's like all I could think yeah. about the whole time mm-hmm. like why they fucking like make make Ocean's Eleven yeah. make Ocean's Eleven do a fucking bad guy hijinks caper yeah. and that probably would have been good yeah in, oh, it made in, me so mad. In uh, begrudging defense of the portal, I got the same sense. <laughs> Look at what you become. No. You are the true Suicide All right. Squad. All right. It's true. Uh, 
I felt the same way watching the the portal scene as I do watching Donald Trump sometimes mm-hmm. when, when he talks mm-hmm. and like there's just such open disdain for the, there's yeah. such open contempt for yeah. the audience yeah. and I felt like the the portal was just so openly contemptuous yeah. of yeah. like oh you want a fucking portal here's your fucking portal you piece of shit check, fuck you check this out you fucking slobs <laughs> like it's just yeah. it's just riding backwards on its jet ski like flipping everyone the bird try, I kind of like that try not to choke on your corn dogs you fucks <laughs> yeah you piece of you piece like you like slop? Here's some slop, you fucking pig. Eat it up. Eat it up. Yum, pig. yum, yum. Look at you. Look at yourself in the mirror. We don't even know what it does. It's not explained. It's big and it's made by computers, you fucker. <laughs> I love that there was no explanation. There's like, oh, you want a portal? Well, these all got portals? All right, well, fuck you then. Anyway, we're breaking for lunch. Peace out. We're going to do cocaine and drink Mexican yeah, know, beer. The, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of Fast and Furious metaing going on yeah. where they're just like, I don't know. Let's drink Coronas. Yeah. Well, you know, the David Ayer was the original screenwriter for don't the Fast and the Furious. You fucking yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's like bullshit, asshole. No one likes the tuna here. Oh, my God. It's all coming back around. <laughs> yep. Uh, there you, was like some weird. You might give me enough backstory to make me retroactively <laughs> like Suicide there was, Squad. There was a right? couple lines that were like they were so non sequitur. Where he's like, he's talking about katana. He's like, <laughs> which by the way, like what the fuck? That was she was so pointless. She was so beyond pointless. And like there was like the most. Once again, if we're going with the taped over drywall analogy, is that the portal or the lack of portal? The portal felt tacked on. Okay, so the portal is the patch job, not the hole in the wall. Yes. Okay. Thank you, but I can see where that would get confusing. So I, I thought maybe the portal, out. like the aliens are coming from the hole, and your super's like, well, I'll close the portal. I'm it the almost, hero. It almost felt like the movie's being written in real time, and then like some executive came in, some executive came in and was like, ah, we need Katana! And then she just flies onto the helicopter. I love the idea that they're desperately writing the screenplay behind yeah. the movie the screen. Yeah. While you're watching it, oh exactly. fuck, we're not gonna make it. Yeah, I feel like I'm weirdly defensive. Do you oh, want to finish your? Sorry, notebook? so my point was oh, he goes, she'll cut you in half like she's mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the old Chris Klein in the Street Fighter movie, where it's like this guy walks through the raindrops, yeah, yeah. and it's like first of all, it's walks between the raindrops. Everybody walks through the fucking raindrops. That doesn't even mean anything. Uh, <laughs> He's uh, like to... a monkey dancing on a razor blade. Okay, <laughs> Oliver Stone, do some more coke, you asshole. Uh, I have the only real moral ambiguity is that uh, by hating it, it aligns you with all the pedants. <laughs> yes. And that uh, audience is the real Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> used, used up, disavowed, disrespected. Uh, I uh, had something in here about like how many times have you rehearsed the line about boomerangs not being a superpower? Like the, I've had to hear this over and over. Mm. It's like the the wieners complain about this movie. Yeah. Like I don't like being on their side. I know they're the bad guys. That's what I'm I mean. the fucking I'm the special forces guy that has to like herd all these these fucking jerk offs around as they're like, well, I just don't think it made any sense logically. Yeah, and it's exactly. like motherfucker. It's oh, it's actually actually it's like that in the comics. Well, then the comics are fucking stupid too. Exactly. That, like that's the reason that I had to give this a begrudging positive because it's like I'm not saying this is a good movie. I'm saying your criticisms of it are all wrong and bad and i and i have a perfect example because this, i went way, i went on the slash film cast to discuss it and i love dave and davindra and dave is the one who invites me on but uh there's this guy jeff canada who's who's on there uh i don't know what he does but uh he's kind of <laughs> just like the perfect 
the, just distilled essence of like the bad criticisms of this movie. And he's super long winded when he does it also. I'm so, going to be really strong here. Yeah. I'm going to find my, I'm going to find my inner, uh, my inner enchantress. To it. We'll go to yeah. quickly. Uh, it brings me no pleasure to do this. <laughs> and I, I just want people to know that right off the top, because there are so many people that think that I have, I don't understand why I get this feedback from people that think that I, I have it out for DC movies. Nothing would make me happier than to be able to. All right, that one's boring, but. It makes, they're trying to create this thing with a sense of verisimilitude and groundedness and grittiness. And yet the, the very premise, which is, hey, yeah. I'm going to release people that we should Definitely not release for a very specific purpose, which the purpose is unspecific. Uh, but a a Superman's terrifying, so we're back to Superman being terrifying. Like, what if Superman's terrifying? That's we better release uh, psycho killers out into the world because Superman could be worse. Um, and and I've got these this this roster of people. I got a guy who doesn't okay. ever miss a shot. Oh wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, let's do that. I've got uh, a guy who's a giant crocodile okay, and he has okay. all the Stop. properties Stop. of a crocodile. <laughs> Stop it. Wow, that's pretty I impressive. Uh, definitely, we, we maybe should we might need that guy. Oh, okay, well I've got uh, a guy who throws a boomerang. Oh, there it is. Wait, what? They don't, yeah, yeah. What? They think they think that's well, so you know, funny every time. With... For the record, Brett did not hear this clip. Brett no, had no, no idea. This is, <laughs> I've heard that same thing three times already. <laughs> we did not let Brett hear this Fuck. clip before it started. It's See, just I like they think they the... can solve the boringness by just layering on more boring. Yeah, by layering on <laughs> yeah. logic. Yeah. yeah. It's just uh-huh. like, what if we just talk about this for three hours straight? Will that make it better? It's like, no, <laughs> motherfucker. Well, he's, you know, he's, he's a the psycho- with the bow and arrow guy, Jeff. You got to have like a direct uh, competition there. Well, it's but okay. Bow and arrow guy is an actual like government agent. This is a <laughs> this is a hardened killer who who we think is so. So basically, oh, your criticism is that fuck. they didn't explain the fucking boomerang guy they, enough. It's, it's just like a fucking password at the worst speakeasy on the planet. Harley just, Quinn doesn't have any superpowers either. No, but no one complains see, about but her. But you can Super see part silly. of her butt cheeks. Yeah. yeah. That's why. It's just, no one complains about it. I mean, wasn't this like a crazy town video? Like the whole thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It missed. It's like, dude, why is the Joker fucked up? Oh, no, dude. He no. just got, he went through some shit, bro. Like, no, we, we had fun. Says, says it right there on his forehead. He's yeah. damaged. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, do you want to read the explanation for why, he's, why no. he has damage? Oh, yeah. No, is it, is it directly from the, from the Joker's mouth? Is it going to be too insane <laughs> for us? Are we going to all crack, it could crack be. wide open? Let the crazy pour out? Mm. I, I don't agree with you though because we had fun in the aughts like the aughts were a bad yeah. time and we should all forget that they happened <laughs> but while it was going on it was it was a blast I enjoyed myself yeah sure 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 okay I don't know what I did with the link now anyway this was, was like was probably this was like a team building exercise this was not this was not oh, rad nor tight the nor Joker sick. killed Robin and Batman uh the Joker killed Robin and Batman basically smashes his teeth out and locks him up in Arkham Asylum. It's in the asylum where Joker would have done the damage tattoo as a message to Batman saying, you've damaged me. I was so beautiful before and now you've destroyed my face. That's where the grill comes from. Can I, can I, okay, so I have, I have a thing here. Like, uh, Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about Jared Leto yet. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> yeah, okay. so good. He's go, so good. Go. He's delightful. Yeah. Uh, I have a thing here. Like, uh, like I just suicide's... think about him and I laugh. It's I like, Brendan's, it's like <laughs> Brendan's uh, naked 
gun scene with the yeah. bathroom. I just think about Jared Leto <laughs> and his stupid method he's acting. He's so dense. He's, just, he's, like a, he's like a bread pudding of, of non-self-reflexivity. Like he has yeah, just yeah. like so, just like a hearty dessert of being dumb as fuck. It's like a shark. Yeah. He's like a pretty shark. Yeah, yeah. Just keep swimming forward. I don't know. It's like, it's his I am Sam moment. Yeah. But all the time, he can't turn it off. Yeah. He's method acting I am Sam forever. I think he's method acting his entire life. I know. I am a rock star. He's probably the real smart one, and we're all just, uh, you know. I mean, if you measure life. Lesser. Lesser Litos. How much poontang you're knee deep in. I said it again. That's two weeks in a row. I said poontang. <laughs> Mark that one. You're defending portals. <laughs> what have I become? <laughs> uh, I have, I have a Suicide Squad versus Anomalisa. Vince, Vince versus Anomalisa. Yeah, they're going to fight. This job is killing you. It's killing us. No, he's gonna write damage on his forehead. It's gonna be. It's gonna be sick. Sick tie. I've got the douche lung from working in the content mines. <laughs> don't at me. Don't at me. Please, don't at me, Pop. <laughs> the douche lung. Should we add him? He wouldn't have wanted that. After you die, yeah. should we add him? He wouldn't have wanted. Uh, I think you can even if the movie sucks, you can always like dig into a neurotic director's uh, narrative world yeah. because they're just they have to make it all real and it's all mm. got to have facets to so it. That's your anomaly. That's my anomaly yeah, yeah, yeah. because I don't know if it was a good movie, but it was like full of shit to think about. Mm-hmm. Whereas He's this got his one, pathos that right out there. Uh-huh, it's less than a single level. It's like like barely holding surface tension because uh-huh, right. you puncture it and the answer is. I don't know. It's dumb. Fuck it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And like that's the answer the whole way through. Like you, you break. But you, I can't. That's the only thing I appreciated about it. Yeah, but like because it didn't want to explain itself to me for an extra hour. But it percolates through, and like every aspect of it is just like mm-hmm. I don't know. Fuck it. I, we just we just got tired. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's why. Yeah. That's why I thought it felt very. It felt very juggalo to me. It felt but, very. But uh, I can see why you liked it, and I didn't. Is because the meta is great on it. Like yeah, all yeah. this, all this dumb shit. Like it's just, it's just a stamped out factory product, but they've just like put all this like goofy confetti on it and tried to dress it up like a, like a lady, Yeah, you know, they put yeah. like lipstick on the, it is, it's like a parody of, of commercialism yeah. mixed with execs who are just like, I don't understand this anymore. No and one I'm, had any fucking idea and also didn't care and was right. kind of like mad that they were there in the first place. Yeah. 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 Do you guys want to know what Jared Leto's favorite books are? Wait, let me uh wait, let me list the the quick the oh, movies that are, that are Suicide Squad but better. Okay. Uh Inglorious Bastards is Suicide Squad but better. Yes. Uh, Black Hawk Down is Suicide Squad <clears throat> but better. And, uh, and Inglorious is, Bastards took a lot of cues from Dirty Dozen. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dirty Dozen the original is very good. Also mm-hmm. better than Suicide Squad. Uh Jonah Hex is better than Suicide Squad. <laughs> yes. Uh and uh Predators is yeah. the most closely related which yeah, didn't get yeah. any credit at all, and that's better than Suicide Squad. Absolutely. Back when we actually, back when I watched more than like four movies in a year, we did a top ten, mm-hmm. and Predators was in it. Predators, when we were talking about good reboots and prequels, mm-hmm. was that a reboot? It was a reboot, right? No, it played into the Prequel, canon. It was just, yeah, it was, yeah, universe just, adjacent. It's yeah. one of the best 
you know, prequel reboot. I, I thought it thing. was really good. It was good. Like good. And none yeah. of them, none of them were likable. They were all kind of trying to kill yeah. each other. There was a larger threat. Like it's a better Suicide Squad. And that's the problem. Like when people criticize Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, they're like, ah, oh, it was so sexist. And, and the Joker's relationship with Harley Quinn was so creepy. And I'm like, that's the good part. They're supposed to be fucked up clown villains. Of it, course they have like that. The only things that are accurate about this mo- that are accurate in Suicide Squad that go beyond like, hey, we just put dumb tats on it because they look cool, are the fact that the government mercenary squad had to solve the problem that they created in the first place. People like c- complained about that. Like I kind of thought that was perfect. That is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's the, the f- one of the good... I liked her murdering people. Mm-hmm. I liked the fact that they were, they were the ones that caused it like at the outset before even things got kicking. It's just like, oh, well, that's... That's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then Harley Quinn and the Joker's fucked up relationship, where she's like envision- envisioning the Joker is going to be like the the uh, you know bank dad is going to come home while she has her hair in curlers and and he's got green hair and they're going to be feeding the kids meatloaf. People are like, what the fuck was that? It's like that is the psycho. That's like the that's the psyche of every chick in a fucked up domestic abuse relationship. Some accidental realism. Yeah, like accidental. <laughs> real, like both of those things. <laughs> really good and accidental uh, realism yeah. is yeah. probably the best way it's to describe the, it yeah. that's perfect it's the twisted no clock is still way. right twice a day <laughs> yeah. oh it's a cat the clock's a cat but the cat's crazy it's a crazy cat <laughs> yeah yep yep okay give us some give us some litos um oh, man let's see he's got one two three four I'm, five I'm, I'm gonna be real with you you can just spend the rest of the podcast reading his dumb stuff i wish i wish they were like on the nose enough that you could guess them, but they're not quite that good. So the first one, Siddhartha by Herman Hess. Okay. I think that's just because, you know, it's about ghosts, it's about Buddha. And he, he's, he fancies himself uh, someone who's very spiritual. He's not religious, mm-hmm. but he's spiritual. He, he is definitely a second coming of something. Yeah. This next one, this one is like the, the curveball. Demon under the microscope from battlefield hospitals to Nazi lab. Yeah, One yeah. doctor's heroic search for the world's first miracle drug. You know he's got a Nazi book in there somewhere. Yeah, uh, it's the history of the uh, the discovery of the world's first antibiotic. It's a, like that. He he kind of just that's like when the guy who's naming the best running backs names the one from like 1935, and you're like, all right, you're smart. <clears throat> it's the it's the equivalent of uh, the um pop artist like dropping like the deep cut like yeah, the yeah. the seventh lou reed track on his you know 14th studio album yeah. it's like it was that was just like fucking kill that was just dude, oh, that, that was so me. amazing and it's when like, i heard that when i was in seventh grade dude, it dude just you press me. buttons on a yeah. macbook yeah <laughs> it's on his spotify playlist with like stained yeah <laughs> uh steve jobs yeah okay. all right <laughs> I mean, I would who, just, who is gaining like is, who is gaining world insight from fucking Steve Jobs book? Like, first of all, anybody who names the Steve Jobs book as one of their favorites, fuck you. I hope this fuck everything about you. I don't want it to be just the bland megalomania, like the boring. Give me something. Give me something that any startup founder wouldn't have. Right. Give me. Give me the hot shit. Uh, Finn. In John Clinch's debut novel, he tackles one of the most mysterious figures in American literature, the father of Huckleberry Finn. Clinch definitely navigates the murky waters of paying tribute to the original novel while adding to... I mean, he just picked that book oh, randomly. I just... I, just, and then the, oh, I have a better analogy. <clears throat> Him having the one about the antibiotic is like when Pitchfork 
gave the Justin Timberlake solo album like a 10. <laughs> and then their whole review was about how you didn't think that they would give oh. someone as mainstream as Justin Timberlake a 10. Yeah, it's just to it's, show it's a show range. what they call Vince Mancini-ing it. Mm-hmm. What the you fuck? Could, What's that supposed to mean? Because you write though? the fuck it. Oh, I love Suicide, you like Squad, Suicide bring Squad. I gave it a B minus, okay? <laughs> it's, wow, I really? It, I, liked it better, I liked it better than uh, Civil War. Do you guys uh, it. sometimes wake up and uh, think fondly on LL Cool J's My Hand is Like a Shark Fin? I do sometimes, yeah. I don't it's like that it's song. that it's the uh, crab rangoon things of Jeepers. that nature, yeah. And yeah. then um, what's crab rangoon? Uh, it's, it's Stephen Smith's. <laughs> it was uh, a tweet Chinese that presupposes <laughs> Stephen A. Smith is at a Chinese restaurant <laughs> getting read the specials, and he goes, "This is preposterous, crab rangoon things of this nature." <laughs> and that's been Brendan Reed's tweets. Hand like a shark, you said. Uh, fast, deeper, deepest, bluer, deep, deeper, bluer. Deep it's from blues. it's from Deep Blue Sea. He's wearing uh, like a sleeveless rash guard because he's in the oh, movie. Man, so I, don't they, I don't I can't find it on Spotify. Well, that's Sorry. probably why your uh, fond memories of the aughts are all skewed because yeah, you didn't get true. enough deeper bluer. I didn't get it in me. Mm-hmm. Um, continue. Uh, and then the uh, recently the Justin Halpern nice real nice mm. that's taken a permanent place in my things I wake up to right that give me hope. Okay, so we we even got to the fifth Jared Leto book. Okay. Atlas shrugged. No comment. Mm-hmm. 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 Jared Leto was both a fan of Buddha, Steve Jobs. That's like the uh, Jesus. Oh, children's books next. See the giving tree or where the wild things are. Ooh, mm, yeah. 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 He's got the Jesus and Einstein of, of book choices. Atlas shrugged to Steve mm-hmm, Jobs mm-hmm, and, and Siddhartha. Mm-hmm. Anywho, he uh, seems like a real, real swell guy. Do you think he fucks good? I don't think he fucks good. I can't imagine. I'd be real sad if he did, but maybe he's like, so I feel like he would fuck pretentiously. I don't think he could pay attention. I think he's, mm. a, I think he's a spaz. I think he's like trying to be like Hansel in Zoolander <laughs> where he's like paying a lot of attention to you, but it's really, it's sort of like, cause you can see himself <laughs> in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like the artsy version of Patrick Bateman, like flexing in the mirror while he, while he fucks you from behind. Yeah. But it's just like, he's, he's holding going, a skull and reading Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Perchance to sleep. <laughs> Baby, I'm so deep. I'm so deep inside you. I'm so deep. I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm smart. I don't even care if I come. I, I just want to <laughs> give you pleasure. Just going down on you for an, like an hour, but obnoxiously somehow. I bet you could fuck a cardboard cutout of Jared Leto and get exactly the same amount of pleasure. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Jordan Catalano. But is he a fraud or is he? No, no, no. He's he's, he's real. He, I think or he's a real clown. He gets he gets <laughs> is he a fraud or is he a clown? Or is he a clown fraud? He gets crystal level respect. He is a he is an earnest jerk off. He's not a, a fake. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. He gets he gets respect. Hmm. So apparently, the backstory on Suicide Squad was that David Ayer tried to make this like dark movie and then the company that the company that made the trailer apparently people really liked the trailer and i remember i remember the trailer being laughable because in it will smith says it's like we're some kind of hot tub time machine (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's exactly what i thought i don't i don't like pop culture remixes but i would absolutely watch a hot tub time machine suicide squad (laughs) it's got the double whammy of saying the title where it's like it's like with some kind of suicide squad and it's also got the slowed down uh, dramatic trailer 
a dramatic cover they, of like a popular song. Sorry. They shouldn't let dummies do nihilism. And so, and so, what happened? What happened was uh, <laughs> Batman versus Superman came out, and it was all dark, and everybody kind of hated it. Yeah. And then everybody loved the trailer, and they thought it was like a light. I heard that they filmed comedy. new jokes because of Deadpool, which so I still too. don't want to see at all. Like so I'm glad had, I went and saw Suicide Squad, and not fucking Deadpool. They had the whole. They had the company that made the trailer recut the entire movie. And they like tested them side by side and they're like, oh, I would think this like comedic one works better. <clears throat> Y'all ready for my hottest take on yes. this? Shit, yeah, it is. Jared Leto I, I, was so hell bent on winning another Oscar and he thought he was going to do it with this. <laughs> he decided <laughs> to work for free. And then they used his allocated budget to license a bunch of songs. So they kept being like, fuck, we got all the sexual, put a song in here. <laughs> so many songs. Make it more famous. Yeah. Oh. I love that they use unironic Eminem. Uh, and yeah. uh, 21 Pilots, they are not a good band. Which one is that? All, all of them, I think. So one of the main ones There's was- 21 of them. One of the main ones was this Panic at the Disco cover of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's, <sighs> it's, it's, it's so bad. That was so- not uh it was just like why there was there was a, there was a song to every cut i think wasn't there yeah yeah, yeah. is this the real life lower is this just fantasy caught in a landslide no escape from reality it didn't get that far though i don't think I'm not back again this time tomorrow. I gotta, I gotta play it till I get to the Scaramouche. Because they do like. Oh, is there like. Is there mixing? Is there like. It's like they thought, ooh, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's pretty good, but it's not overproduced enough. Shivers down my spine. It's almost there. It's almost there. So much he panicked at the disco and fled. What's happening? Hello? God damn it, I'm supposed to call you, not the other way around. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's okay. We were just in the middle of making fun of the panic at the disco cover of Bohemian Rhapsody. Is it really bad? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's bad. Really bad. I, I, I don't really get to demonstrate that uh, on the broadcast, but it's okay. I, think, I don't think that this it really happened this way, but I really like to picture someone being like, uh, so, okay. So I'm thinking, so end scene, uh, they're back at the prison, Bohemian Rhapsody plays, and then someone else yes ands and comes in and goes, it's a panic of the disco version! <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I mean, I but probably it was a license. I definitely hadn't thought about Panic at the Disco since the aughts. They're out. They come out like every three months. They creep out. They do really? something. You're like, what the fuck is that? There's it another, di- out, Panic there's another the disco. disco. Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> Hi, Justin. Hey, guys. <laughs> what's up? What's uh? What's going on? I, I, uh, 
<laughs> is this a is this an official broadcast? It is. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, okay. We were talking Suicide Squad before this. Oh yeah, well, I saw Suicide Squad. Did you? I I I, I didn't tell you. So we're uh, I can't really get into it, but we're doing a. <laughs> sui- <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> we we are doing a project that is Suicide. <laughs> Ish, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> with some of their with some of their characters. Okay. Um. So we, I had to go see it because I, I needed to know what they did in the movie to properly like construct the pitch. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I went and saw it, but I can't. I can't really. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love it when he's constrained. You can see him struggling against the chains. He wants to be free. <laughs> Are you the uh, new Aquaman, Justin? What? Are you the new Aquaman? I wish. Oh. Did you did you see the, the the Justice League trailer where they go? You know where where Affleck goes to see Aquaman, and doesn't he say something like, "I hear there's somebody here who's good with fish"? <laughs> Does he really? I missed that one. Oh man, he says something like that. It was like. It was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I also think it's funny because the fishing village that they cut to for that scene, it's like all just like super stereotypically like Gordon's fisherman, <laughs> fishermen. <laughs> yeah. And then Jason Momoa. And he's like, which one of you is Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Is it the old man with the white beard or the six foot five Hawaiian with a <laughs> super jacked Hawaiian yeah. with tribal tattoos? So is this going to be like a reboot of Aquaman where he's like super, super islandy and he's like, yeah, brah. <laughs> man, I hope the whole soundtrack is steel drums. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> I was saying, I was wondering this on Twitter the other day. Do you think that the intro to Under the Sea is like the stairway to heaven for steel drummers? Oh. Because it's like the most recognizable steer, steel drum riff at this point. I, I, I don't think I've ever told this story. I was at a, uh, it was like a, it was like a club med, but it was cheaper. It was uh-huh. And it was in Cancun. And literally, you know, it's, you know, that's, so somebody goes where it's like all fucking families and like from the midwest and and us and we're there and literally somebody goes do 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 and and 10 different midwesterners were like yeah! <laughs> like they got so pumped up that the under the sea song was starting and you could tell the steel drummer wanted to fucking kill himself <laughs> this is the sign of my suicide note man i remember when uh, matt Uffer got married in mexico it was like a destination wedding and uh, it was in Puerto Vallarta. And so, like, the wedding hotel, he picked this hotel that didn't allow kids. And it was the fucking best thing ever. It was just, like, a swim-up bar. There's no annoying kids around. So, for the first, like, two or three days of the weekends, I think we did, like, a four-day weekend there. So, like, the first two days, we stayed at the the mm-hmm. wedding hotel with no kids. And it was, like, paradise. And then my mom had, like, timeshare points in, in Puerto Vallarta. And she's like, hey, I'll give you these timeshare points. You can stay at, like, the timeshare hotel in Puerto Vallarta that's, like, nearby. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I can stay two, two extra nights or whatever for free. 
And so like we leave from the no kids hotel and we pull into the pool area of the timeshare hotel. And it was like, they got every fat kid from the Midwest and just like threw a Nebraska shirt on him and rub some, and rub some, uh, some, zinc. some, some zinc on his nose. And was just like, all right, start screaming. And they were yeah. just like a bunch of fat kids in a, on Iowa shirts, just screaming at each other. And it reminded me of that scene in a league of their own, where the kid is running down the aisles, like uh, painting chocolate on everybody's <laughs> Faces. It was just like a hundred kids do all doing that in raising Arizona, where the kids writing Have fart noticed, on the wall. Yeah. Have you noticed that that the shirts they make for fat kids always go down to their knees? They never like. They always have to buy a larger shirt, but why can't there be shirts for fatter kids that just go to normal normal length? Like, if you're a fat kid, your t-shirt goes to the bottom of, just to the top of your knees. How, how sad is it if you have to have, like, a big and tall kid store? Or it's just like the... By the way, uh, when I think of who buys timeshares, it's definitely people from Fresno. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's why it was so terrible. <laughs> Um, oh man, I wish you could talk. So have you met Jared Leto at least? No, I have not. Uh, no, I haven't. I, I know I haven't met anybody from the suicide squad. <laughs> you have you farted on anyone in the suicide squad? <laughs> I may have farted on someone from the suicide squad unknowingly, <laughs> but I have not, I have not met anyone from the suicide squad. If, if this project goes, we'll be working with one of them. Um, but, uh, I haven't met them yet. I'd, somehow I doubt it's Marco Robbie. I bet after this she's just like peace, peace out. I'm never working with you guys again. Well, she came off. I thought the best in the movie. I know. Oh, absolutely. She was the one that was like most obviously above the material. Yeah, I, I think that she that she's surprisingly. I, I think I'm surprised anytime anyone, male or female, who's that attractive is is also like pretty good at anything <laughs> right <laughs> only because i'm like why would you like why why would you why would you bother <laughs> why yeah it takes a lot of like hard work and practice to get good at things and like if i was a super good looking guy and i had just that option i don't i i think you know there's that moment when you're doing anything where you're like ah it's gonna take a lot more work to get good at this and then if I looked in the mirror and I was Jason Momoa, I'd be like, well, fuck, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why I always root. That's, that's a hard pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why I always root for the ugly person. In, in whatever Oscar acting category it is, it's like if there's always like three good-looking people and then one not good-looking. And I always root for the ugly person because the thing that pissed me off was when everybody's like, oh, man, I hope Leo finally gets his Oscar. But it's why if you're good looking, you just get a million chances. Like you can be the worst actor in the world, but if you're super good looking, you just keep getting roles and eventually you will become like, okay at acting. Like Keanu Reeves started out was fucking terrible. And now he's like passable. Channing Tatum was horrible. And now it's like, ah, oh, he's not bad. Like, if you eventually, if you're just good looking, they keep giving you roles, and eventually, hopefully, you get a little bit better at it. That doesn't mean I'm going to root for you. Mm, no, see, good looking, good looking is a thing to be cherished. If you're handsome, I want to put you on all the movies. Award shows are the problem. They shouldn't be giving awards. <laughs> okay, all right, I want to see attractive people, and I want to see them kiss, and I want to see them like caress. Yeah. I get what Vince is saying. It's like the same reason why I, I could never root for Tom Brady, even if he was on the Chargers. Because like <laughs> my favorite, my favorite quarterback of all time is Jay Fiedler. <laughs> I don't know if you remember what he looks like. Yes. yes. But he's fucking hideous. And I feel like 
That's what it should be. It should be a zero sum game. Like <laughs> you're a Mark Brunell kind of guy. Yeah, you're either what about Andrew Luck. Mm. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. Vince, you texted me. Who you said who had a more fucked up mouth, Andrew Luck or Michael Phelps? Yeah, I was on that thread. I, I texted you all the photos of Rivers. Oh, that's right. Rivers <laughs> Rivers has fucked up facial expressions. Yeah. Andrew Luck has like a retarded caveman mouth, mm-hmm. and Michael Phelps. I was watching him last night. It's not his mouth. It's that he doesn't have jaw bones. Like his yeah. jaw, he has a chin, mm-hmm. and then his jaws just kind of go inward. Uh, like so a he's, fish. Got, he's got this weird, like normal sized neck, mm-hmm. and then and then no no. Like jawbone horizontal slit and so it just it sort of looks like his head is way too small for the rest of his body they are some powerful morlocks it, it under, also, under dwellers well, i will say you, you said people. retarded mouth and and it was clear if you're comparing phelps and andrew luck that we're talking about sort of the acromegaly-esque you know mouth jaw thing and i was just thinking outside the box and being like philip rivers it's totally different but he does a lot of those like Ooh, like those like lemon <laughs> face kind of like Ooh, yeah yeah <laughs> See, it's horrifying. I don't think it's acromegaly. I think they just both have a certain doofy look to their mm-hmm. mouth where it's mm-hmm. like if you just covered everything uh, above their, everything below their mouth and you just looked at them from the nose up, you're like, oh, that's a normal looking dude. And then you took the hand away, you'd be like, oh my God. But Rivers, though, yeah, Rivers' things, horrible first. personality is trying to climb out of his face. That's what's mm-hmm. going on there. Yeah. He's trying to suppress yeah. the awfulness that is Rivers. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'm not throwing an intersection. He's possessed by the enchantress. <laughs> this is this is two things. First off, I think Andrew Luck has the weirder mouth because he looks like his jaw goes in reverse where his lower jaw doesn't move, but the rest of the top of his head is. <laughs> he's, like he's, he's, a cursed, he's a cursed Muppet. <laughs> yeah. And then... And then uh, Philip Rivers, anybody, like, you guys all played sports. Philip Rivers reminds me of the guy in the locker room who, when you're showering, he, like, comes up and smacks your dick and goes, faggot. <laughs> For sure. I was that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fucking bolo ties. No good human has ever owned a bolo tie. Even, no, even momentarily, no. even ironically. You touch a bolo tie, you're cursed. <laughs> He gets positive reinforcement for them. Like he wore a bolo tie to a press conference, and everybody like, uh, yeah, everybody like loved it ironically. And it's like Phil Rivers doesn't do anything ironically. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one setting, and it's prick. Doesn't know the meaning of the word. <laughs> I like uh, I like to watch him win and lose, though. I I think he is uh, his weird face does not turn me off to watching him play play football I he's think. he's like harbaugh in that you yeah. know what he's thinking at any, yeah. any given time it's, it's not racist a mystery. but i'll let it i'll let <laughs> yeah. it slide because he's such a weirdo oh i read a book about uh stanford football and it was you know kind of their resurgence over the past few years that started with harbaugh and my favorite part was talking about how <clears throat> uh one guy they interviewed he was a player but for whatever reason Maybe they had an odd number or something. He got called into these racquetball games that were happening during the offseason amongst the coaching staff, uh-huh. and they were playing each other. And apparently Harbaugh's move whenever he was losing would just be to, like, serve the ball as hard as he fucking could into the person's back. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, that was my favorite tidbit in that entire story. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Bill Murray and uh, Rushmore kind of <laughs> just, yeah, like, yeah. spiteful. Yeah. Sounds like him. Yep. Um. What were we gonna? We were gonna talk to you last week because last week was the the reboot episode. And Brett, your um, your idea of what to talk to Justin about was, uh, it was like a project that you've grown away away from. Oh yeah. Uh, so reboot wise, I, I think it's interesting when uh, like 
you're talking nostalgia and how you can you can move away from like the 80s and not not be there for it when it comes back around like with stranger things but i think it's really interesting when you're like on a creative project that takes you know four years or whatever and you stop giving a shit about what you were building like you're a different person by the time the thing that you were making finishes yeah i don't know i was shooting in the dark i don't know if you actually got any stories like that but you're the only one who's worked on like long-term projects and not gotten bored and started fidgeting yeah i mean like that happened on shit my dad says mostly because like about few months in i just started hating the show like before it even really had aired but the the most recent thing is like we had uh it, it takes forever to get anything if it's not an like a network tv show it does it's not really on a schedule so it's like it can take forever and we had uh this cable show that we had been working on for like four or five years that we had like we had like uh john slattery from mad men attached to it for a little while and we would like go do notes with him and then we had like kevin bacon attached to it for a little while would your would your notes just be like a heart with an arrow through it because he's so dreamy we actually spent like a couple days with him in new york like going because he lives in new york and we had to like go through the script with him and uh he's he, he i mean he dropped out of the project which was annoying but he's he's actually kind of a really nice funny uh dude but it was funny how we walked into this we, we walked into some restaurant in new york and i go up to the counter and it's like really busy and and the uh before i could even say anything the host was like we're really busy i was like like, okay well i just want to put our name in and she's like it's gonna be a long time and i was like okay so then i went back and i we were like taking a break for lunch and i told john i was like hey it's they said it's gonna be a real long time and he's like "Mm, i don't know if it'd be a really long time if you're in mad men (laughs) <laughs> and he walk and he walks up to the host and he just goes hey i was just looking for the host doesn't even say he wants a table or anything and then he just comes back he goes uh they're gonna take us to our table now <laughs> i love that everything i know i don't know that much but everything i know about him is that he pretty much is roger sterling in real life yeah he's pretty awesome it, we were really bummed when he he had to drop out of the project but he, he he's pretty great um but like, yeah, so like that project went through so many years of just like attaching different actors or a director. And then finally, like by the time we got it all like ready to finally pitch, like we, we, we like Kevin Bacon was like interested in doing it. And we did like a table read with Kevin Bacon. And, and, uh, and then it was like, by the time we got out to finally pitch it, it was us and Elizabeth Banks was, was direct, was, she was going to direct and produce the show. So it was Patrick and I and Elizabeth and we would go pitch it. And by the time we were finally there pitching it, it's like it's gone through so many, even though we still liked the the final product a lot, like we hadn't gotten noted to death or anything. It was like it had been five years of my life. And it just felt like I was like, I don't I just fucking get this over with, like whether it happens or it doesn't happen. Like I just need it to end because you go through these long processes where you get like excited about something like it always happens. It's always the same thing. You get really excited about something. And people around it are like, this is, guys, this is really, this is going to be the thing for you. This is, guys, this is it. You cracked it. Yeah, exactly. It's like executives and fucking agents and shit like that. And you get so invested in it. And then it's like, we're, guys, we're in a holding pattern right now. We're in a holding pattern. And it's like, then you fucking wait for like seven months or eight months while an actor's schedule's freeing up. And so by the time that thing like went out, and we actually didn't sell it. It didn't sell. We, we it, it just felt like, I was like, I don't fucking whatever happens with it, it's fine. I just want to like 
move on. And I feel like that happens so much in, especially in movies. Movies is way worse. They're way worse than TV. Like you hear stories about people who have written a script. Like, like I, I know the guy who wrote the original something about Mary um, <laughs> before the Fairly Brothers like rewrote it. But he's he's a credited writer on it. Since John Strauss, and um, he wrote something about Mary ten years before the Fairly Brothers even picked it up to like redo it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he said for all ten of those years, he would get calls every six or seven months, being like. Guys, we're really excited. We think this is about to happen. We're going to go into production soon for 10 fucking years. Yeah. And it said by the time the Fairley brothers picked it up, he was like, I don't fucking, I don't even fucking remember this. <laughs> remember yeah. Remember, like, what I wrote. And the Fairley brothers were like, hey, do you mind if we do a rewrite? And he was like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's probably even worse for anything that's autobiographical. Like, well, <clears throat> you know, like Howard Stern's movie Private Parts came out, and I think maybe like a year after the movie came out, he was like the whole book. The whole book and movie was about his great relationship with his wife, and then like maybe like a year after the movie came out, he's like divorced. And I think so. Like anything, anything that's autobiographical, it's like, oh man, I have to be this salesman for this part of my life that doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like you're trying to sell the Indian burial ground you built your pet cemetery on. Yeah, but like a, a, a last, I think. About about a year ago we 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 read the treatment for nine lives mm. which um someone who was in some sort of development sent it sent it to us and this and the treatment for this movie was written by christopher lambert who was the ceo of europa Corps at that point which is like a studio and uh and so he had this idea for this fucking movie where Kevin Spacey switches bodies with a cat. And then the the first the first screenwriter that they convinced to do this project wrote... I got an idea for a movie. Yeah. And it goes like this. Check it out. It's about a guy who switches bodies with a cat named Mr. Fuzz. Um, so anyway, the the like the screenwriter who got him and his writing partner, he he wrote a blog post about getting this job for Nine Lives, and I got a, a little excerpt of it f- for you. Uh, by the winter of 2012, Caleb and I, that's his writing partner, were facing the reality. We didn't book if we didn't book another two hundred thousand dollar writing job within six months, we were going to run out of our health insurance. That's when we were approached by Christoph Lambert of Europa Corps to write a movie about a businessman and a bad father who winds up in the body of a cat. <laughs> this was Christoph's pet project. Because they had to approach someone. To do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, because he's just in a studio head. He didn't want to actually write the thing. He just had a great idea. Oh no! This that was all the time, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, dude, I think you could make it good. I have a, I have a special treat for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Sit down. Let me tell you about the man. Who switches bodies with the cat. This was Christoph's pet project, pun not intended, and he was very enthusiastic about his idea. At the time, he was adamant. This was not the children's movie, he insisted in his heavy French accent. Christoph wanted us to think of it as a Woody Allen film. This is a serious fucking cat movie. <laughs> we would not hear the cat's thoughts. It was to be... It was to be interesting. We, we must not hear the cat speak. No, 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 no. You do not hear the cat. You don't even know the fucking cat that's in the movie. <laughs> you wait for the cat, but he does not come. Uh, he wanted us to think of it as a Woody Allen film. We would not hear the cat's thoughts. It was to be, quote, introspective and sophisticated. But at the same time, it still had to be about a man who turns into a cat. I'm not kidding. Naturally, Caleb and I were apprehensive. 
How are we going to write a Woody Allen-ish movie where you can't even hear the thoughts of your protagonist for the bulk of the film? Was this even possible? The whole idea was insane. That said, I could actually relate to it. When my father passed away in 2006, the stray cat showed up at our house a few weeks later and oddly shared some of my father's mannerisms. The cat always seemed to snuggle up to my family when the subject of my father was discussed. I had this strange feeling that my father's spirit was somehow inside the stray and we adopted him. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. I'm weird. Sue me. But the uh, blah, 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 uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, by June of 2013, they paid us just two weeks before our health insurance expired. Our health insurance was saved. We spent all summer writing the Woody, adult Woody Allen cat, <laughs> adult Woody Allen-ish cat movie. At the end of the summer, we handed them our final draft. We did it. In the time it took to close the deal and write the draft, Europa Corps hired a new executive to run the Los Angeles office. Given the task we were assigned, Caleb and I were actually proud of the draft we wrote. That said, when we turned it in, the new executive asked us what it was about. Well, it's an adult Woody Allen-ish <laughs> comedy about a selfish businessman that nearly dies and falls into a coma. While he's in the hospital, his spirit gets put inside the body of a cat until he can redeem, him, redeem himself. Purgatory. Nice. That's what they pay me for. So it's a talking cat movie, she asked? No, you never hear the cat talk, and we don't even hear the man's <laughs> thoughts when he's inside the cat. Needless to say, the new executive didn't know what the fuck we were talking about or how to process how her boss got us to write this absurd film. After reading it, she admitted that we did a great job, but it was still a talking cat movie without a talking cat. We assumed the movie would probably never get made. Uh, anyway, like the long story short, this guy ended up getting a brain tumor and because he had health insurance because of the talking cat movie, he, oh, so nine lives saved his life, nine lives saved his life. And ironically, the guy whose idea it was died of lung cancer in May and never got to see the film get made. <laughs> just met on his deathbed. He's like, just make sure the cat never fucking dies. <laughs> the cat, she does not. Do me with his one favor. <laughs> the cat, he does not talk. You know what the most alarming part of that uh, thing you just read is? Is how fucking easy it is to talk yourself into the piece of shit you're working on is not a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sure we'd all write a piece of shit movie if we were like, all right, you can either write this piece of shit movie about a, a cat or your family doesn't have health insurance. You'd be like, well... Mm-hmm. I've worked on some of the biggest pieces of shit of the last five or six years on television. And every time at some point during that, you, you're like working till 3 a.m. And you have to like your, your mind physically like won't allow you to work if you just like resign yourself to it's a total piece of shit. Like yeah. you just can't work. So you have to be like, I don't know. I mean, I think we take this <laughs> Like this scene with Shatner and Lee Majors fighting in a panda costume. I don't know. I feel like it could work. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe you have some in- input into this being a working screenwriter, but he, he was talking about how they had to book another $200,000 job to keep their health insurance, which leads me to believe that they got paid at least 200 grand to write that screenplay. So then they got taken off the project when the new uh, exec, when they finally convinced this guy that, hey, the cat should probably talk, bro. So they finally convinced him that the cat should talk. Then they hired another two-man team of screenwriters. And I'm guessing they got paid what, like a hundred grand? Depends on who they are, how big, like this is a lot about people's quotes, but, and it depends on like how big the rewrite was, but at least a hundred thousand at least probably more so they probably paid the first two guys 200 grand the second two guys 100 grand and then there's 
a fifth screenwriter who's a woman. I don't know where she came from or how much she got paid, but like, I mean, we're up to like, you know, three, 400 grand to write the fucking nine lives movie that they spent. It's way more than that. Like I remember when I was working at this company, I saw a quote that that's to get a week of Stephen Gagan on your, to do for a week of rewrites for Stephen Gagan was $500,000. Damn. A week, a week of his work. Jeez. How much, how much does he get? Does he do? Does he work fast? No, he's not even writing a whole script. It's like they bring him in to like rewrite. Right. I mean, I don't know if he works fast or not. I just know like some of these movies, they'll put like six or seven million dollars if it's a huge movie in through. They'll have paid out that much for the script. Yeah. Um, It's crazy. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about when you're talking about um, having to pitch something that you don't care about anymore is like that's stand up. I mean, you you like have to you have to tell the joke enough times that you don't think it's funny anymore for it to be funny to the audience. Like the you know like you don't have you haven't figured it out. You haven't figured it out until like the fourth or fifth time you know that you've done it, and then by that point it's no longer funny to you, like at all. So you're like trying to find little elements of it that are somewhat new. Otherwise you're just completely bored of it. And then I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how you can sort of get used to the process. Like on the one on the LA broadcast that you guys weren't there for, Joe was talking about, he's like, I've been doing this bit for like 10 years, blah, blah, blah. And, and now someone else comes out doing the same kind of bit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if we should, we should be happy about doing the same bit for 10 years. I mean, I know like when you haven't done a special, you're like, well, no one's ever going to hear this bit. So I got to keep doing it until someone hears it. And then by that time you're like, I have long since stopped caring about this thing. Yeah. It's really weird. I think it's also kind of like, uh, have you guys ever, have any of you guys ever been to a live taping of like a multi-camera sitcom? Nope. No. No. You should really, next time you're in LA, I'll get you like tickets to like the Big Bang Theory or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the, in the laugh track. Thank no! you so much. No! I get, I get angry at that show when it's on mute at a bar. Like I'll look up and I'll see it. And just the styling like makes me, like infuriates me. I can't imagine what it would be like having to watch it live. The commercials during football are enough to make me froth. <laughs> yeah. It makes me murderous. Yeah. I, I will get you. I will. And then that's especially the one I'll get you tickets for. <laughs> and uh, you'll see that, like, because y- you shoot each scene like three or four times, and so the audience has to laugh three or four oh times at the thing. And there's always a warm up comic there. Like we had this guy. There was a warm up comic for shit my dad says, and and he like, you know, he like brings people on down from the audience, and they like dance to the macarena, and then he like. <laughs> He like throws out candy. He's basically just, <laughs> like he just and but he used to do. He's well, literally a clown. Two, one funny bit that he actually used to do that like is basically what their job is is between scenes he does he like keeps the crowd pumped up and then right before the scene starts he goes like all right so if you guys remember in the last scene we just saw so and so do so and so and so what he used to do this bit where he would take somebody's phone in the middle uh, during this break and he'd be like. He'd dial like some their mom or something, and they'd be like, "I have your daughter." And then, if, <laughs> and then he'd be like, "Just kidding!" And then the mom would laugh or whatever. That's classic, but, classic comedy. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally, what would happen is he'd be like, "I have your daughter," and then, it, and then you, the buzzer would go because the next scene was about to start, and he'd just have to hang up. The phone. <laughs> 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 it's not happening. <laughs> 
<laughs> just had him had him call. <laughs> but the thing, the point I was made is that like you you can get in this like even there like where we'll hear like I've worked on a couple multicams and you know that the joke will start out terrible. It'll start out bad and then they'll laugh and then they'll play it again and then they'll laugh and like and then he played a third time and you know it's fucking coming and they they laugh like they it, it's this weird thing where it's like this group think mentality you put them all together and they just fucking they're ready to yuck it up basically people are really stupid and we should lead them like sheep into a slaughterhouse <laughs> and uh render them down render them down for for lard to cook with <laughs> No, I don't think I think you got livestock all mixed up. Do I? Oh, damn it! Yeah. I hate when that happens. Cheap butter. You can't you can't make no can it make no sheep butter? I don't know. Maybe. All right. Have you? Know, I I listened to I actually Patrick and I listened to you today on the slash film cast <laughs> defending. <laughs> why would, Why would you do that? I had to play a, I had to play Brett a clip of Jeff Kanata like explaining why I was wrong and He's he so he, angry at you. he made me stop. <laughs> He was so angry. They were they were so angry at you. Yeah. As we said, it's like it's hard you're in a weird place with I think it's like this with with Ghostbusters also. Um like with Suicide Squad, you're in the weird place of defending a bad movie because the critics of it are criticizing like the completely wrong things. Like they're like, "We want this explained more." And then like with Ghostbusters, it's like the people hate it because there's ladies in it. And then you're like, no, ladies have a right to do bad movies, you know? And so it's like you're, you're in your, you end up having to defend movies that you don't give a shit about either way. I just don't understand. Like I, I like, I, you know, they didn't, they didn't like suicide squad. You were, but the thing I didn't understand is you were making the argument. You were like, I just enjoyed it for what it was. And they were like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> it like didn't make sense to me. It was like, suddenly it became, there's well their critiques are mostly of the logic of the film uh, and 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 Jeff Kanata was like I'm a Marvel zombie uh, from way fuck, back shut up and I'm shut like up. all right <laughs> so so the movie where the bow and arrow guy oh, and the jiu-jitsu chick fuck. with a handgun take on an army of a- an alien that that makes like a lot more logical I, sense I, than I can't than even listen one. to you mock these people I know I know it's like I'm there's sorry. there's a portal the, there, in that movie too right there yeah, are these, of course there's yeah. like a portal in multiple <clears throat> Avengers there are movies. these fucked up appeals to authority built in all of their stupid arguments where it's like oh well let's just cite the source like it's like they they want like Wikipedia want to be their, there they want Wikipedia to be their fucking mom and like they want <laughs> you to be wrong so that there's some mid-tier middle manager that they can run to when you smoke in the fucking break room. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I can't fucking stand Matt Landis. It's like why I just like his very existence fucking drives me crazy because he speaks on everything. He speaks on make-believe as an authority. He's an authority on fan fiction. Yeah, you can't be a, an authority on, on things that aren't fucking real. Like, it, it, I mean, you can be, but it, like, you have to admit how stupid that is. You can't just like carry on. I love when they hijack cannon and it pisses people off. Like, <laughs> right. in my head, uh, the guy that got his head blown off is now the king of Batman town. <laughs> so, suck my dick. That is the ultimate defense. Like, oh, it was that way in the comic. Yeah. It's okay. Well, that, yeah. all right. Uh, actually, I guess that's way, sacrosanct. Yeah. You just, you, I, I, you read told... it purposely incorrectly just to watch their little brains try and grind <laughs> their way around it. I, I told Vince that my dream is for Vince to to interview Max Landis and to do like really serious questions, but to end every question with just the word dork. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be like, 
He'd like in this latest film, you're really like I think you're tapping into a couple different genres. Can you talk about what influenced you, Dork? <laughs> <laughs> I can't criticize him because he he said one of my reviews was good one time, and now you know. That's why you won't you won't you won't actively shit on Chris Hardwick with me. <laughs> well, I'm just worried I might have to I might have to ask him for a job one day. He makes us do it by proxy. Chris I'm, Hardwick. I'm just the only reason I'm here is to voice Vince's anger in a way that won't get him fired. That's the only reason we're still friends. False. <laughs> Chris Hardwick makes me think maybe Olivia Munn is talented. <laughs> no, I kind of like Olivia Munn now that she's an actress and not like a professional nerd baiter. <laughs> like. Has Chris Hardwick even has he ever been in a movie? Uh, I don't know. He he gets he gets the gig of talking about the show after the show all the time. That's it's a, a fucking sweet gig, man. That is a good gig. I, I maybe I shouldn't dislike him. Maybe I should be <laughs> maybe I should be happy that he's managed to like fucking create a job out of just like loose scraps on the ground i think he's great and if he wants to put the frog cast on nerdist i will say anything that he wants me to they're gonna it. replace your drummer they're gonna make me leave and you're, you're you knew that Never. from the start Never. you knew that from the start they're like hey look we love, we love the podcast well, we guys think that guy from the slash film cast they're gonna do some <laughs> rewrites more positive yeah. about marvel they're, they're gonna, gonna do some rewrites yeah 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 <laughs> the cat's gonna talk motherfucker mark my words <laughs> so uh, on that note someone uh, an email we got i meant to send this earlier but i love brett's distillation of nerd culture being consumer culture as it finally sums up in brief everything about why i hate nerd culture and fandom and have always resented being interested in that shit for three decades it bothers me because I could do it better. Like, and I enjoy this stuff. Like, I like like goofy fantasy stuff, but I don't want to be told the same nursery rhyme over and over and over again. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that regressive aspect of it where it's like you want to crawl back into your fucking crib. Like, and there's interesting commerce worshiping. There's yeah, like and the a commerce lot of, worship. I mean, obviously, yeah, but yeah, but there's well, a lot of interesting you're buying stuff. Buying all the fucking act, elbowing kids out of the way to buy the fucking yeah. action figures and stuff like that. Like, it's, that's that's so far the other direction and it's crazy because i was a huge star wars fan of the the original trilogy before the prequels came out and like i had to like hide like my books like i had this whole technical manual that was like <laughs> schematics of the ships and the gadgets and yeah. i thought it was so fucking cool and i'm yeah. so into it and then like my friends would come over and fucking hide it yeah because i was like ashamed of it and now it's like this whole like I'm, I'm such a geek. I'm yeah, a it's mega very, geek. It's performative. Yeah, yeah. The, the guilt was an important aspect of that, and losing that is a tragedy. Like having to tuck it away means it's special to you. Like yeah. it is treasure. Like you are you there after your fucking you know your lore, your canon, and like holding that in. It's like a lantern in the light, and now it's just fucking streetlights, and well, you can't even see the stars. Lindy anymore. said that a long time ago, like years ago. There's a callback, and she's like, you know, I, if if the book had like a map of <laughs> yeah. some foreign land on the inside cover like i totally read it but i would fucking hide it it was horrible like i didn't want people to know i did that shit and now like it's this yeah it's this performative thing and it's because it's not and it's important you say performative because it's not like okay yeah i am really into this sort of like this this stuff that's it's kind of nerdy or whatever it's like it's so far beyond that and it but what it is is it's an embracing of all the different ways you're being marketed to yeah so that's why it feels kind of icky to be i'm in this category yeah Yeah. Yeah. here's exactly uh the ways you can retarget my profile across social media to uh vendors who select that box it's like it's like a novelty shirt with your browser advertisers a novelty shirt with your browser history on it just like here's the sites i frequent (laughs) 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 (laughs)
that's perfect brendan is it so is it at at or at at i always said at at but so you know what the fact that you know that there's some proper pronunciation tells me that your shit is performative because you like <laughs> you you go to like the right comic cons and like learn how to pronounce it so you don't sound like an idiot no i never knew i i always thought it was it was at at and then i, I hear I people say other people say at at and i was like oh shit i hear Maybe people say at at a lot i always said at at because that's what it looked like in my head and i never said it out loud because i would not let anyone else know right. that i was that into it uh, you know? yeah it's not it's not one of those ones where i have a strong opinion on like gif versus gif but like yeah. i i actually remember telling someone that i that i watched uh empire strikes back on hbo over the weekend in like 7th grade and i got like laughed at and teased you know what Man. i mean like like that's what it was like fucking mean uh, streets of marin bro. and i'm already and i'm already doing the the geek thing. The, oh, I used to do that. I made fun of it. So, so Were you those fucking giants? Before? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's making fun of I you? I contain multitudes. <laughs> Look at this fucking nerd who's going to squash me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally like... lift me up by my skull. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, nerd. <laughs> Let's was... melt him. You guys grab the other side of his underwear. <laughs> it was a girl, if you must know. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, do you see like in the in the film critic community? I know it's 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 prevalent like in the fan fan community, but do you see in the in the film critic community like people who like are like pro they're like Marvel team Marvel versus team DC or do film critics just sort of like do you feel like it's pretty fair? I don't think it's fair and like like there's you know, there's this uh, this whole internet backlash that thinks that all critics are my are biased towards. That is mind blowing. Like, there's people who, on the surface, credulously accuse you of like mm-hmm. being on some secret Marvel panel. <laughs> right. I love that because like, Vince, it's like it's got it's got to bother Vince. Oh, that he's, he's astounding. He's putting he's being put into a side <laughs> in a comic book argument against his will. They're yeah. like, yeah. oh, you're totally a fucking Marvel bro. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, no. <laughs> so but there's this idea that it's kind of like actually sort of make it more no, uh, topical ahead. like you tweet anything about trump and some russian guy <laughs> who's right. like running 45 different accounts is like well hillary did this and i'm like yeah i never said she didn't do that i'm just saying like maybe you don't fucking make a death threat to <laughs> yeah. uh former secretary of state like that's all i'm saying yeah. like so, so it's the same thing it's like i'm just saying i thought suicide squad could be oh you fucking spider-man humper <laughs> right. uh, so, but that that's like the neckbeard response. But here's the thing that I'll say that other people won't is that that oh, by and large critics are kind of biased towards Marvel, mm-hmm. and and the thing is, if you are a comic book company and you can't figure out how to get fucking film critics on your side, you are an idiot. Like the like to make those people be your friend is the easiest thing in the world. The difference between like Civil War, which screened like three four weeks before it came out and and then uh and batman versus superman which screened like two days or three days where it's like it feels like wb sometimes is like actively trying to make critics uh dislike their shit whereas marvel they get like joss whedon to come and like take pictures with all like joss whedon comes out and he's everybody's buddy of course that Critics are the most easy people to buy off in the world. Like, Marvel doesn't have to pay off critics. They just have Joss Whedon show up to, like, one Comic-Con and take pictures with people, and that buys them, like, six years of goodwill. And then and then fucking Batman vs. Superman comes out, and all the actors are like, oh, these fucking critics, we made it for the fans. Like, they're openly shitting on critics, and it's like, man, 
You guys would have to do so fucking little to make these people like you. These people are all fucking huge nerds. Like it doesn't take anything. It's like it's like when you look in politics and you're like, and it's not so much about the money in politics that's surprising as how little it takes to buy off a politician. It's the same way with fucking film criticism. All you have to do is pretend to give a shit what they think, and they all love you. Hey, Josh, forever. Go touch that cave sloth's weird three toes. I'll give you a million dollars. It'll make us tenfold. Yeah. So yeah, and it, it does feel weird where they're like, "Oh, you're on this team," and I'm like, "I don't care. This is no one wants to be on these teams. I don't want to play this sport." Yeah. It is weird though. Like, if you like, say, you liked, you know, Batman versus Superman. Like, wh- how does it make it less enjoyable if a bunch of film critics didn't like it? Like, who who gives? It's not like you know the Trump Clinton thing. It's like, well, you're trying. You, you one of them is going to be elected president, and then then we're all going to have to be under that. It's not like. If enough critics give a bad review to Batman versus Superman, it's not going to get to be president of the superhero movies. Like, but it, it is. It's baby fascism. They want they they need that authority, and if their authority is challenged, they they got to come down on you. Like and that's they've they have such a sunk cost fallacy in these fantasies where it's like, if this isn't important, I have wasted my entire fucking life. Uh, I also think part of the millennial. Um, worldview is that a you vote with your dollar and b like almost anything you do is a refutation of some sort of hater somewhere so like you go see you don't go see ghostbusters because you want to see ghostbusters you go see ghostbusters because there's a bunch of fucking haters out there and you got to prove them wrong like everything you do is partially to prove Uh, the haters wrong a binary talked about that remember it was it was who's worse the guy who's like saying that it's a vast female conspiracy oh, or the guy who's like I'm buying eight tickets and then I'm gonna drink the male tears <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. the capitalism constructed arch nemesis for yes. every stupid demographic mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, a lot of corporate mandated rebellion anywho all right how about those how about those about. Olympics huh <laughs> hey uh my connection's getting shitty and I also probably should run yeah but, okay. you you're out was like Fifteen minutes ago, so we appreciate you sticking around. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. I, um, you can text me about how much you hated Suicide Squad off air. No, I, I love Suicide uh-huh. Squad. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, okay, <laughs> cool, cool. I can neither confirm nor deny. I I love that movie. All right, there. I, I liked it. I, I I enjoyed it. I did too. I, I'm on the positive. I'm in the positive twenty six percent. I'll take that to the grave. All right then. Then we both agree it's a good movie. Damn straight. All right. All right. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Real fucking nice. Uh, I like it. I like it when he can't say things even more. It's just. <laughs> oh, where did I put the Crystal Corner theme song? Hold on. So this is an interview. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> you like that? Huh? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I uh, just—it's like a digestive. Like you get a little sour because the nerds rile you up, but yeah, the crystal yeah. corner just fucking smooths it all out. Yeah, man. really, it really even like a dolphin. Like the slippery. Your chakras are common. online. Yeah. Uh huh. Get that. Uh, this is an interview with the woman who's giving healing crystals to hip hop stars. <laughs> uh, that's hip hop radio personality DV Brown, founder of Wellness Lifestyle. Brand, brand, 
founder of wellness lifestyle brand Karma Bliss, about why crystals are a gift from the universe. <laughs> Uh, how did you first get into crystals as a kid i was always addicted to transformation in some way or another i wanted to change the furniture in my room constantly transitioning to adult life i found myself starting my career at 18 given my first chance in radio and synchronicities happened Mm. you start checking off stuff in your life list then you get to the end of the list and you're like okay but what else because this isn't that fulfilling this isn't that whole for me so what else Surprise, motherfucker, crystals. <laughs> For me, it started out as a kind of whisper or this call to the wild. I found myself in that position four years ago. I had this sadness and isolation that I couldn't shake. I had this desire to retreat within, to pull myself away from everything. That was the first time I fully surrendered to life and wasn't trying to control everything. I found myself at Deepak Chopra's Chopra Center in Carlsbad. <laughs> Do- <laughs> Doing this 10-day panchakarma detox, and I learned to meditate. I kept doing it. Welcome to Deepak Chopra's Chopra Center. (laughs) Which then led me to open up other things, so I fell in love with crystals. I felt very drawn to them. It led me to do a lot more constant research on crystals. Because obviously this is a research space. You gotta you gotta do constant research. Of if course. you stop for a second, the power is wasted. <laughs> if you keep them in, they'll resent you. They won't record. No, <laughs> for future generations. Now I keep them at work and put them one on by the desk. So it's like, hey, if you're on some BS, don't come by my office. It's very real. <laughs> Why crystals? Good point. Sometimes if you're not into that stuff, you're like, okay, rocks. But why not? <laughs> God, the energy of the universe, something bigger than yourself made this earth that we live on. Western science or Western medicine has only existed for a hundred years, if that. Why wouldn't we think that the world came already equipped with things to help balance and complete us? (sighs) Crystals are gifts from the universe. They're sprinkled all over. (laughs) Clearly, they're beautiful. A lot of people are drawn to them for the color. For instance... Clear quartz is known as the universal stone. It's a great starter stone for setting intentions, but it also brings a lot of clarity and focus. When I'm looking to harness different energies in my life, I might switch out a crystal every day. I set intentions for each crystal. I then speak specifically to it and I say, I want to harness your energy in this way. I close my eyes, meditate on the stone and keep them with me. Why is it always quartz? Like everyone's talking about like, okay, quartz is the starter one. What's the wild crystal that's hard to it's ride? It's the gateway crystal. White yeah. diamonds. Yeah. You can't ride a white diamond, dude, until you get your chakras figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. You, they'll buck you right off. Mm-hmm. The little red panties will pass the test. Uh-huh. How would you describe the value of crystals to a skeptic? <laughs> the real key to any kind of growth, even outside of crystals, is to be open to experiences that you don't understand and that you can't quantify. Okay, fair enough. That's one of the biggest stepping stones in becoming a better version of you. Stepping stones. <laughs> it's not feeling the need to have control and explain away everything that you encounter. Okay. The proof is in looking at it. You can't deny that some of these stones you're seeing are so beautiful. How do they exist here? The earth is amazing. It's undeniable that if you take your shoes off and put your feet in the soil when you're stressed out, you're going to feel more grounded the same goes with crystals stepping stones grounded it's all earth humor it's geology (laughs) gee whizology shut Mm -hmm. up brendan Mm -hmm. (laughs) shut the fuck up (laughs) 
I also occasionally give crystals. The last person was Schoolboy Q. I can't believe we're talking about this. He's one of my favorite artists right now. He is in this awesome, beautiful space in his life where he is sharing his journeys with people and trying to grow them as well. I gave him a necklace and a pouch of our crystals, and he had me go through each one of them with him. He was like, yo, I've been hearing about crystals, but like, what do they do? What are they? <laughs> Oh. Spencer Spencer Pratt spent five hundred thousand dollars on crystals. <laughs> <laughs> you know what crystals are? They're cosmic fucking justice. Is what they are. They are here to absorb the weakness in our souls. This is your intermittent reminder that Spencer and Heidi blew all their money because they thought that uh, they believed in the twenty twelve doomsday prophecy. <laughs> did they really? Yes. And how did they? What did they do with their money? Just spend it. They just spend it on. Yeah. Five hundred grand on crystals, partially. Dude, you want to be grounded when the apocalypse comes. Yeah. Why are there price variations in crystals? I mean, because we live in America. We like to stuff to cost money. It's the same reason we're under this false impression Wait, that you, diamonds you are so real. Out, you left out because I can see this. It says, I mean, because we live in America. And then in brackets, it says laughs. <laughs> because she's just <laughs> laughing about how she just soaked fucking just, Spencer for however much money. But a crystal from Urban Outfitters versus Amazon... No difference. I mean, there are a lot of different Whoa. people that create glass versions or make things synthetically. You would not harness the energies from the energy from those at all. No. For the most part, wherever you get it, crystals are amazing. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's Crystal Corner, you guys. Mm-hmm. We had a fragment, f- fragment segment suggestion. This is what happens when I get... Four beers deep before we finish the broadcast. We got a fragrance. Uh-huh. We got a fragrance to sell. Just just so you, I can back this up and you know I'm not making shit up. Yeah. Uh, they spent $10 million in anticipation of the Mayan apocalypse yes. in December 21st, 2012. Yes. The saddest part is that they had $10 million to spend. Yeah, but the we U- made, hold on, there's a direct, there's a direct quote. We made and spent at least $10 million, he reportedly told OK via the San Francisco gate. The thing is, we heard that the planet was going to end in 2012. <laughs> we thought, we have got to spend this money before the asteroid hits. That's do you real. Think, do you think that's genuine? Or oh, do you think sorry, just... sorry, he goes on. Here's some advice. Definitely do not spend your money thinking asteroids are coming. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's real? Or do you think that they realize that part of their fame comes from people thinking they're idiots and they're kind of want to... He seems sticky. Yeah, they're kind of trying to fan that. Yeah. Yeah. Old. Fellas, great frauding lately. I know you guys are desperately trying to sell out, but it's not coming naturally to you. Can I please suggest a segment called something like watch or don't watch? You see, I have a huge gaping hole in my soul to fill with hashtag content from not having to fear for my survival. Maybe the segment should be called fill my hole. Anyway, this can be as simple as a shotgun list of what you watched or listened to this week and what you loved or hated. Believe it or not, I really respect your tastes. Things you mention, even in passing, are almost universally awesome. Hardcore history, awesome. Mr. Robot, awesome. Stranger Things, awesome. Us listeners don't have the resources uh, you have to find the crystals in the rough. If I asked my coworkers what to watch, they would say Fox News. Maybe a homework assignment for OK Shut Up. Can you just spoon spoon feed this shit to me already? Uh, Oh, uh, Sincerely, DP. P.S. Don't sing the Yin Yang Twins whisper song to a friend's baby in front of their mother, even if you think it's funny. Lesson learned. Yeah. 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 What do y'all see that day? They're not quite old enough to understand ASMR. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, anything? Uh, for Hardcore History had a five-hour episode this week, so that's pretty solid. 
Ooh, can you do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you break? Do you, how do you break it up? Is there intermissions? Uh, well, I just listen to it. Well, I listen to. Yeah, you can. Are you talking about listening? Or you don't listen to it all at the same you, time. How oh, yeah. do you possibly? Absorb? I don't think you listen five hours straight. No, just like you do a book, man. You listen what. for a while, and then you stop listening, and then you listen again. I don't know what that is. Like when I cook food, I listen to what? podcasts and and the books and fuck? things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I have any good content. I think I've recommended The Nick a few times, but if you haven't seen The Nick, The Nick is one of my favorite shows ever because I'm a person who likes gore and and period pieces and historical accuracy, and uh, The Nick has all those things. Uh, uh, I've been doing uh, Kentucky Route Zero, which is a video game. It's uh, like a real, real slow paced. I've played the first couple chapters. Fucking intense. Uh, it's probably one of the best ones made in history mm-hmm. uh it's mm-hmm. not for everyone and this video game it's on computers it's on computers okay you click on it with okay. your mouse okay uh i like the white lung album fantasies a lot i've been listening to that a lot at work i kind of like the gone is gone album i didn't like it at all at first it's the like the mastodon queens of the stone age power group uh but it's kind of growing on me mm. mm-hmm. mr robot i never could get into queens of the stone age me neither uh, I find them dull in the same way I find the Foo Fighters kind of dull. No, there's a different, there's a repetitiveness that's uh, very tongue in cheek about them. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you got to get past that, try some of the later stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The uh, like clockwork is I think one of their strongest and it doesn't do the repetitive stuff quite as much, but that's part of their, their deal is they do the dun on dun 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 over and over again. Yeah. I just started watching Lady Dynamite, the Maria Bamford show on mm-hmm. Netflix. I'm like about two episodes in. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still on the fence. It's interesting. I'll put it that way. Not a wholehearted rave for me, but I'm willing to see where it goes. I, I do find that having almost no free time at all uh, means that the quality of content I'm absorbing has gone way up. Like I take maybe the 5% of top recommendations. So mm-hmm. like Stranger Things slid under there. I was like, okay, good. I don't have I don't have time for that mid level shit. Ain't got time for that. Mm-mm. I also really like the No Effects book, uh, the one that's sort of like their take on Motley Crue's The Dirt, which is also great. It was entertaining. Yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, that's all you got, Brandon. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm sort of out of opinions. You're you're too busy waving your C at bees. Uh huh. <laughs> I tend to run out of opinions after like. 75 minutes it happens yeah i gotta pee also all right well uh thanks to justin halpern brendan you want to take us on out of here i was gonna do that but you're here so all right yeah thanks justin coming on at shit my dad says it's a very extremely active twitter feed uh yeah he thanks he for a tweet for that one coming from that on one anymore yeah, yeah i know um okay. i don't know if they'll get the joke yeah that was the joke i so. know i know I'm trying to sell out. You got to explain the jokes if you want to sell out. You got to explain why the guy has the boomerang. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This segment has been brought to you by Suicide Squad. (laughs) Sponsoring your favorite film critic, Vince Mancini, for the last three years. (laughs) Fuck Marvel. All right. Uh, Email us, frogcast at gmail.com. Vince, what's a Google voice? 415-275-0030. All right. And until next week, good night and good chins.